Hey, B2B Nation, this is Jordan Schneider subbing in for Chris Kleinfelter. And this is interview number three of our series of five that we did out at the Revenue Summit in San Francisco last week. A really great conference put on by our friends at Terminus and Sales Hacker. And this one is with Bastian Janmat, who is the CEO of a company called DataFox. And we talked about some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, They're not just a data provider, as their name might suggest, but they also mix in some artificial intelligence uh, and some machine learning, some very futuristic, cool stuff to discuss on a podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, B2B Nation. We're live at the Revenue Summit in San Francisco at Pier 27 with Sales Hacker and Terminus. And I'm here with Bastian. How do you pronounce your last name? Janmat or Janmat. Janmat. Okay, great. Cool. And he is, uh, what's your title over at Data? You're the the CEO CEO at Datafox. Okay, great. And he was a speaker today. Lots of really interesting stuff to talk about. Um, Before I hit record here, we were talking about artificial intelligence and all the different services that Datafox provides how they fit into that ABM trend. So let's talk about that a little bit. Can you start off by just telling us, you know, what is DataFox? What do you guys do? What's the main service that you provide? Yeah, definitely. So we are an AI-powered company insights platform, which basically means we use artificial intelligence to get very deep insights into companies to help people grow their business. Very cool. Awesome. So, okay, so you were talking earlier on, was it a panel or did you give your own discussion It was a talk, there? it was a, okay. a talk, yeah. So you gave a talk, and was that centered around that artifact? You were talking about what is the best way for you to build up your list that you're focusing on? Yeah, the and topic is, was basically, um, you know, everyone, I think we've all, we all agree that account-based marketing and account-based sales makes sense. I mean, it's really just a new acronym Great for concept. Yeah. Fo- being focused in, in, in how you want to grow your business and uh, not having kind of a, a, a blast marketing approach to potential customers, but rather being very targeted, focus on the big fish and go out with a with with language and with a marketing strategy that shows you're, you're tailoring your approach to their business. Uh, so everyone agrees this is the way forward and technology is helping us do that at scale. Uh, and I talked about the, the A and ABM accounts. How do you actually figure out which accounts to focus on? Yeah, yeah, totally. So to me, it's like that could either be really cut and dry, which I would imagine is where people fall short, or it could get really complicated. So like, where are people making mistakes in that step of the process in your experience? Yeah, it's, it, that's exactly the right question. Uh, and first of all, there's no one-size-fits-all approach. So right. I've seen just so many different approaches to this and many different approaches work. Uh, but the way, the way I frame it sometimes is you've, got, you've kind of got the marketing-driven approach on one end of the spectrum and the sales-driven approach on the other end of the spectrum where the marketing approach is very formulaic. Marketing says, all right, let's determine what our ideal customer looks like. Uh, And you may take into account criteria like, you know, revenues and location and what sector they're in. And now let's find all the accounts that fit those criteria and we'll score them and force rank them. And they might even go a step further and say, all right, sales rep, you should call this account at 10 a.m. on Wednesday this account at 11 a.m. on Wednesday, 
and so on and so forth. So very formulaic. And right. sales reps don't like that because you know it's a black box. Why should I call that account at 10 a.m.? And by the way, it only needs to fail once or twice for the rep to lose confidence in the system. Totally dismiss it forever. Totally dismiss it. Right. Yeah. Then at the other end of the spectrum, we've got the sales approach, which is kind of like sales rep closes a deal or a couple and goes, all right, I think I know what's working. I'm going to go find a few more deals like that and close them where marketers are frustrated because they're like, we've got all this data on these possible accounts. How can you how can you possibly use heuristics to kind of guess which one to focus on? Sure. So those are the ends of the spectrum. Nobody really goes wholeheartedly in, to, to one end. And obviously the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle. Mm. Okay, cool. So what are some best practices? I mean, would you mind sharing some best practices with the listeners? And we got mostly sales and marketing folks yep. in our subscription base. Yep. And I, we're always looking for new tips to divulge to them, especially yep. with, I mean, ABM, like you said, it's been around forever, but it is like relatively a new trend or a new acronym for an existing trend. Yeah. So when it comes to picking that list, like what are best practices or what are things that you always advise clients yeah. to start with? Yeah. All right. Well, in terms of starting... Uh, I think there, there are kind of three things to try and get right, um, and I'll, I'll go into detail on in each of them, but, but let's say number one is make sure your, the data in your database and your CRM is, is, is correct, so you're working with the right information. Number two, try to find a couple more unique factors that describe what your best customers look like. So it's not just location and industry, some deeper stats, and I'll tell you how to find those in a sec. Yeah, please. And then third is, uh, call it signals or compelling events that show that timing is right because uh, an account that's a, that's not a great fit today might be a great fit a month from now when that business changes. Uh, so in terms of get, number one, get, making sure your data is right, the unfortunate reality is that people change jobs constantly, companies grow quickly, and so it's an uphill battle, right? It's a moving is, target. It's constantly going stale, right? And at any given time, 25% of the average B2B database is, is stale, which means you're wasting time on accounts and people who are no longer what they look like in your database, and you're missing opportunities where you, know, you, you don't have a fresh impression of a business. So, there's no shortcut here. It's invest in marketing ops and you know work with data providers to try and keep your information up to date. At least a quarterly refresh is advisable. Sure. Then number two was try to find unique factors. So this is where you can start simple. Go, go up to your sales team, if you're a B2B company, and ask a sales rep, what are the things that when you see this trait in a prospect, you get excited? You're like, I'm going to close this, this account. And they'll say some things that you, where you might be able to get that information, but you probably don't already have it. For example, uh, we'll ask somebody, what's that one thing? And they'll say, well, when I look at the company's website and they have a bunch, they're trying to hire a bunch of data scientists, it means they're gonna need our solution. I'm like, great, that's something that we can kind of hack. We can be scrappy and literally just manually looking, looking up the job listings for a couple hundred companies and then testing that sample to, to see if that works. And over time, you can build a more automated approach to getting that data. But it's a unique data point that you might not be able to easily get from a data vendor, but that could really move the needle. And then the third thing, signals. This is like, you know, if you're uh, back to the data scientist example, if, uh, if you sell a data science solution, then there's no better time to reach out to a business than when they're, they hired a new head of data science or maybe when they raise the funding round because now they have money to spend on solutions. So try to find those signals, whether it's through Google Alerts or something more sophisticated sure. to help people reach out when the time is right. I love how simply you just put that too. It's like, I think that there are a lot of marketers out there who stress about 
how do we know this is a good lead? You know, or how can we, what's that differentiation point that we can go search for and we can sift through this whole bucket of leads and say, these are the good ones. Yeah. And you just said, you said it super simply, just go up to your sales team and you can just ask them like, what them. excites you when you look at a prospect? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what you're looking for right in there. In our own business, we asked our sales reps this question, of course, and they said, well, when I look at a company's website, if they have a lot of customer logos that I know we, Datafox, have great intelligence on, I know I've got a real shot at closing that account. I know they could actually use us. Makes sense. And let, let's go see if the timing is right. And so we had people manually look at hundreds of customer pages to see what logos were represented, how well that mapped against what we can provide insights on. Then when that when that seemed to work on the small sample, then we used a service called Upwork to, use, to find a bunch of freelancers to do this at more scale. We covered a couple thousand customer logo pages. And then we got our engineer, uh, one of our engineers excited to build an automated solution to this. We're now scraping customer logos. So you can go through levels of sophistication, start really simple and scrappy and see if it works. That's very cool. But one of the things we talked about before we hit record here, and I, I think that this plays nicely into what we're discussing right now, but artificial intelligence and machine learning can facilitate this, right? Definitely. I mean, how, how does that come into play? I mean, that's a big part of what you guys do at DataFox, right? Like, help us understand that a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, AI is funny, right? It's a term that gets tossed around pretty loosely. and uh, Yeah, and I think maybe 50% of the people tossing it around actually know what it means. Yeah. Me it, included. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, on some days, me included, because it, it's yeah. changing so quickly. Totally. But I think fundamentally, AI is not uh, some silver bullet. Um, you know, you got to find... Uh, you can harness artificial intelligence to run certain processes more efficiently, but I think you got to really start by thinking, or what is the actual hypothesis that I have here where an AI-based solution might be able to help? Uh, so in our case, for example, um, if, a, if, a, if a company has signed, a, uh, we, we can help a company look at their existing customer base and then use AI to figure out which other businesses out there look similar to the, the deals that they've closed in the past. And the reason why we need to use AI, and it's just it's not just running a statistical model, is because we want to keep putting new inputs into this algorithm. And so as reps tackle some of the accounts that we've offered up to them, if those end up not closing, or if they end up, if the rep ends up saying, hey, that, that one wasn't that good a fit, we want that information to feed back into the model to learn and then ultimately provide an even better uh, suggestion going forward. And that's one way where we can apply AI to help people focus growing their business on, with the right accounts. Gotcha, okay. So I would imagine that helps with like probably prioritization, right? And then also I guess just sifting through the ones that maybe you don't want to be wasting time reaching out with a sales cadence to it all in the first place, right? Yeah, it goes applies to inbound and outbound. You want to make sure you're uh, super focused, right? Yeah. It makes sense. Can you, all right, I've got a question. Yeah. What is the difference, this is so elementary and I'm gonna feel stupid after I ask it, but so what's the difference between, is AI and machine learning, are those synonymous or like what's the difference there? Yeah, machine learning, that's not a bad question at all. Machine learning is basically a type of AI. Okay. So machine learning is where there's a statistical model that improves over time. And, uh, and can be shaped in various ways. Uh, so one, one, example, one type of machine learning is supervised machine learning where, uh, where that's kind of akin to the example I gave where 
you're providing new inputs or new data points that make the, the model more and more uh, accurate over time. But it's funny, you know, the definition of AI is always changing. At one point, AI included uh, scanning a document and recognizing the characters and turning it into a Word document. Now we're right. just like, oh, that's just scanning. That's not AI, <laughs> get out of here. But you know, yeah. at some point, intelligence was being used to recognize the shape of an ink blot and know what, what letter it represented. Yeah. So it's almost like the definition changes relative to where we are technologically. I think it does, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really yeah. interesting. Cool, how did you get into this? I mean, what's, what's your background like? Yeah, my background is actually in, uh, in finance. My, my first job out of undergrad oh, in was finance. in London. Okay. I was working as an investor, which it's actually a type of sales. And, and I went in thinking this was gonna be the easiest sales job ever. My job was to convince companies to take our money like, what? Yeah. Uh, is there anything easier to sell than right. our capital? Uh, but it turned out to be to be really difficult. I mean, just like there's competition in every industry, there's competition there. There are many different investment firms vying to make investments in the greatest companies. And uh, uh, perhaps the most important part of my job was actually amongst 20 million companies in Europe, sift through that to find the ones that were actually likely to be most interesting to invest in. It was a, I was faced with a data problem. And I looked around and the bank I was working for was suddenly hiring more and more engineers and fewer and fewer people like me, business grads. And uh, this is a decade ago. Nowadays, big investment banks have more engineers than, uh, than Facebook does, for example. Yeah. So it's become an engineering job. That's so crazy. Having done that uh, and knowing I was probably not going to be able to retrain myself to, to be an engineer, which you know what I would, what I would encourage my kids to, to focus on becoming nowadays. Yeah. Um, I moved out here from London to Palo Alto and I happened to meet the folks who became my co-founders, really technical, AI-oriented uh, folks, and we started DataFox to basically solve that problem, map out all the world's business information and keep it up to date and apply AI to help people sift through millions of companies to find the ones that they should actually focus on. That's such a cool way to start a company, to like live through that pain and then figure out a way to fix the problem that you literally lived for several years. Yeah, I, I think for me that the, the pain was visceral and I honestly didn't really know how to solve it because it, it, this was a complex yeah. technology stack to build and that's where you know, meeting the, the guys I wound up teaming up with, it was just serendipitous. I had a problem in need of a solution, they had a solution in need of a problem. Yeah, makes sense. Right. <laughs> cool. Well, if our listeners want to figure out more about DataFox or about you, where should they go do that? Yeah, datafox.com uh, is a good starting point, and I'm on Twitter, Bastian Yanmat, which is probably impossible to spell as a listener, but um, the website's a good place to start. Awesome, man. Well, Bastian, thanks so much for yeah, talking to me today. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Likewise. Our show today brought to you by Technology Advice was recorded live in San Francisco at the Revenue Summit. For more B2B Nation, including the rest of the episodes in this series, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.